I'm Maeve Doyle and this is A Private View, a podcast series featuring interviews with key figures in the art world, the art market, artists, curators, critics, auction house experts, art dealers, gallerists, curators, and other individuals who are redefining and reshaping the world of art as we know it. Today I'm talking to the artist Ben Ein. His original name is Ben Flynn. He was born in 1970. He is an English artist based in London. He initially worked as a studio assistant for the infamous Banksy, along with Steve Lazaridis. He has an outstanding knowledge of all things London graffiti. He's known for his letters, and today we are lucky enough to chat with him about his upcoming contribution to a show called Art on a Postcard and his work in general, plus a survey of 20 years of graffiti art. Have a listen. Hi, Ben. How are you? Hello there. It's great to be here. When I first met you, which was 2009-10, you were living, I think, in Los Angeles. I was, yeah, we would have been San Francisco at the time. Right. (laughs) So how many countries in the last 10 years have you lived in? (laughs) <laughs> England and America are the only are the only countries I've lived in, but countries that I've visited in the last ten years, everywhere except Mongolia, <laughs> pretty much. That's kind of just <laughs> funny, really. Yeah, I've I've literally been everywhere on the back of you know on the back of being an artist and painting things. If I were to ask you to say how the world has changed since then, how would you sum that up? Basically, everybody used to clean our stuff off and now they protect it. That's how the world <laughs> has changed. <laughs> wow. Yeah we, used to, yeah, we used to be, I wouldn't say hated, but yeah, they didn't enjoy what we were painting and nowadays they protect it. It's crazy because the Barbican has a zero tolerance policy for um, graffiti and the, and the Barbican kept the basket Banksy up. I imagine that was in conjunction with the Barbican. <laughs> I like this. I wouldn't, this is going to be good. Yeah, I wouldn't have imagined he just rocked up and did it. Really? So you think the Barbican knew and they, they have two sets of rules, one for you everybody, and Banksy? And everybody for- has two sets of rules if it's to your advantage. Westminster Council, the Barbican, everybody. And this, by the way, isn't cynicism. This is realism. Yeah, no, this is, is social realism. You're not being cynical. You're being realistic. No, and that's what I yeah. love about it. This if, isn't yeah, conjecture. No. You actually know that there's two sets of rules for everyone. Yeah, if I was the Barbican and I had the opportunity for a Banksy piece to turn up on the side of my building, you would be stupid to say no. It's going to generate so much positive press and interest and it's going to drive people down to the Barbican to, to, you know, to look at the Banksy, photograph the Banksy, post it on social media, hashtag Barbican, and then visit the exhibits that were at the Barbican and spend money in the coffee shop. So why would you not? I would. Yeah, I would. Every, so, yeah. so the next thing is with the, with the recent news, and I hope you don't mind. If you do mind, we'll change the yeah, subject. Yeah, if, yeah, if it's something but I, mind, I think it's just not, really important to know how immersed your whole life is in the art world and what you've witnessed over the course of time. We were earlier talking about uh, 
Gerhard Richter and Jeff Wall and the relationship to Joseph Boys. And artists don't really exist alone. That's why London's such a great art capital, because everyone feeds off of each other. And really what I'm doing is just talking about the way your career and so many others fed from the beginning days with Banksy. In a sense, it, there's a chemistry mm. around it all. Uh, would you care to comment at all about the recent sale of Christie's or Sotheby's and the Banksy shredding that happened during Freeze Week last uh, autumn? Basically, auctions are pretty boring places. And if you say to yourself, you know, what's the most interesting, fascinating thing that's happened at an auction? You know, I would say it was when Damien Hurst sold all of his stuff on the eve of the, you know, the recession, you know, the crash, the, you know, the housing market crashing. Lehman Brothers yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's that's probably the most interesting thing that's happened at an auction house. And, yeah, I imagine somebody thought, hmm, what can we do? You know, here's a challenge. Let's do something more interesting than that. And he certainly achieved that. Everybody's speaking about it. And when people talk about auctions, that stunt accident, whatever you like to call it, will definitely come up in conversation. And so with the sort of idea around the Barbican, there's no question in your mind that Sotheby's would have known about this because pictures don't get into Sotheby's. I would have, well, if you look at what happened and you actually consider what it would have taken to have done that without people knowing, it's just impossible. So, you know, use your imagination. I like the, I like going behind the walls and seeing what you actually find out when people want to do business with you. Yeah. That you're almost, it's like, to use the boring cliche, the tail wagging the dog, and it's really nice to see. So the fact that you're part of it, I just keep going. Yeah, I no, keep you going, know. It's, keep you doing know, that. It's Authority's really, always wrong. I really like the way that, as an artist, he doesn't just make art. You know, he shakes things up. He does things differently. And, you know, that's inspiring for all artists. Yeah, well done. And so yourself, after after that kind of pictures on walls and everything split up and, and eBay changed everything and pest control was, was constructed, um, what's the before and after for your process of when you were we're working there and what you're doing now. Like, it's hard to break away from things yeah. sometimes. Well, I, I think I spent about five years at Pitch the Mall screen printing. And at the beginning, I really enjoyed it. You know, we were this kind of renegade screen print outfit. We would work really closely with artists. And we would work really closely with literally having the artists next to us whilst I was doing the printing. And... Just over the years, I kind of lost interest in screen printing. I got bored and I just began to resent the fact that my time was taken up by producing everybody else's work and I wasn't making enough of my own work. Uh, so, yeah, I just decided that enough of that, I'm going to concentrate on myself. And so I left Pitch and Walls and concentrated on doing my own stuff. And I mean, per personally, I don't think you could have hit the time the timing to launch text-based art any better than you have. I Thank think it, certainly the urban landscape is not now about uh, rivers and streams and trees. It is about words and signs and yeah. morphing into, uh, you know, the first time I mention anything about your work, people will say, oh, it's in my neighborhood. Do you live in Hackney by any chance? 
I I have lived in Hackney. I now live down in a. Down in South London. Right, no, because it was Matt Lord in Hackney. He's like, I know this artist, his work's in Hackney. Yeah, no, I've, I used to live on Broadway Market, and, well, I've lived all over, but when I first started doing the individual letters on the shutters, I was living in Broadway Market. So, I don't know, God knows how many years ago, but, yeah, there were, and there probably still are a few, but they were all around kind of, you know, Brick Lane and Hackney Road and Broadway Market and Well Street and... Hackney Wick and, yeah, everywhere, basically. With a, a long history in the art world, in the contemporary art world, in the street street art world, which has crossed over into auction houses. It's like the world is a crazy place in the art world. And when I say crazy, I mean interesting. Mm. Uh, the fact that art is now entertainment as well as scholars, and it's a almost exactly what Andy Warhol said. It's anything you can get away with. Yeah, definitely. Do you feel the same way? It's quite extraordinary. I mean, I find it more exciting now than it's ever been, even though people are scoffing at what people do get away with. Well, it's, you know, it's like nobody goes to art galleries, nobody goes to museums, realistically, but everybody walks down the street. And that's the beauty of street art, basically. So, okay, here's a hard question. Why does street art then want to be in galleries and why does street art want to go through auction houses? Because we have mortgages. You did a collaboration with... Louis Vuitton, yeah. That's fantastic. At the time, Jeffrey Jeffrey Deitch was kind of... The famous art dealer who worked with Basquiat. Yeah, Yeah, who just... He did so much for the American street art scene... And street artists. Well, uh, yeah, he, he phoned me up and he was like, uh, we need someone from London to collaborate with Louis Vuitton. Are you interested? Same. In my mind, Louis Vuitton is like the top of the luxury brand market. And especially, you know, especially the collaborations they're doing. They've always worked with and supported arts. They've always gone out on a limb by doing like, the crazy, the more crazy stuff than, you know, what other luxury brands have ever done. And now a lot of these brands are kind of like following what they do. And now artists want to be a part of the luxury brand handbag situation because it opens them to a more democratic, bigger roster of collectors. No, totally. And, you know, someone once said to me, you know, do you feel like you're selling out? Or, you know, how do you feel as a street artist, you know, collaborating with a luxury brand? And it's like... I sell paintings for £10,000. I'm a luxury brand. It makes perfect sense for me to collaborate with another luxury brand. And weirdly, they've just opened up a flagship store in Beverly Hills, and I saw on Instagram that my scarf is hanging up in there. This is a concept Claire, our producer, came up with. What did you do last night? I was in my studio until about 10 o'clock. Somebody bought a painting, and I needed to finish it. Where's your studio? In the Biscuit Factory in Bermondsey. And what was the painting of? It was a little painting that said the word sexy. Nice. Tomorrow I should be wrapping that up and sending it off to its new home. You've been listening to A Private View with me, Maeve Doyle. I'm Maddox Gallery's Artistic Director. I'm also BBC Radio London art critic. I'm a curator for Paddleate. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out the Maddox Gallery website for easy updates. Follow me on Instagram at mavedoyle.art. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye for now.